Welcome back to another episode of A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancey. I'm excited to launch another episode for you all. I'm Vincent Lancey, speaker and author of the book Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. When I was 21 years old, I was the victim of a hit-and-run accident while walking home from a friend's birthday. After coming out of a coma and suffering from a traumatic brain injury, or you may know of as a TBI, I soon realized that it was time to put my mental health on a very high pedestal. This transformative experience has led me to create a podcast that is all things mental health. Would it benefit you to hear from mental health professionals and influencers? Would it also add value to your life to hear real life and authentic stories from people talking about their mental health, the issues they face, and how they actively combat them? If you answered yes to any of those questions, you came to the right place. I want to start by congratulating you for making your mental health a priority. If you missed the last episode, be sure to download it after you tune in today. On this episode, I'm happy to introduce my guest, Corey Hirsch. Corey is a former NHL goaltender and Olympic silver medalist. He is now a public speaker and advocate for mental health and wellness. Corey doesn't only speak on his personal story, but also shares his personal experiences that give numerous takeaways in order to help improve your own mental health or your employees' mental health. Corey has also helped create the program CAMH Game Changers, which is geared towards helping mental health information getting into the right hands of our youth. His story of struggle and perseverance reaches listeners on a personal level and changes lives. Allow me to please introduce Corey Hirsch. Corey, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it's awesome, man. I'm glad uh, you know I could be on it. It's uh, your story is just as incredible as everybody else's. It's uh, uh, what you overcome uh, overcame is quite impressive, and what you're doing now too as well. I mean, like I said, uh, we were talking earlier before. It it truly takes a village with mental health. Not not one of us is going to do it alone. Um, and you know what? We got to help each other. I love it. Would you mind please introducing yourself to our listeners and share part of your story before we dive in and share your role relating to mental health? Yeah, I'll give you the Coles Notes version. I was, uh, <laughs> you know, with uh, New York Rangers when, um, you know, one night I was out with some friends and, and I, can, I can remember where I was, what I was doing. And I guess the way I described it is, um, you know, something in my brain just kind of broke. Um, you know, like almost like some wires come apart or something. And, and I started getting these deep, dark, repetitive thoughts that I didn't want to be there. But the more you try and push them out, um, the more, you know, they just recycle and spin and torture even more. That's obsessive compulsive disorder, which I was, I would be diagnosed with three years later. And, and really what I did was I tried to, I, I tried to hide for three years, you know, made an attempt at my own life at one point. Um, and it's uh, the anxiety and the panic attacks and the things that come with it uh, are truly debilitating. And it, uh, it, it pretty much, you know, trying to hide back then, this is 95 or 96, uh, there was a stigma. And as a professional athlete, you didn't want anybody to know that you were having mental health issues. And I definitely didn't even know what was going on in my own brain. Um, and then finally, I reached out to a trainer. And, and you know, after three years of self-torture and suffering, um, and I got diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder from there. It was about 10 years till I found proper treatment. 
um, which, you know, we, we need to be able to, um, you know, reduce that time of from when people get diagnosed to the time they get treated to the, it's, it can be eight to 10 years right now. Uh, I fall right into that category. And then it was 10 years later after that, my story came out in the player's tribune where, uh, you know, I just kind of basically spilled everything and, uh, it, uh, it, it, the, it blew up. It really did. The story blew up. It, and it, it really, I think it, it broke, you know, there's been so many great people before me, but that story, um, up at that point was the most clicked on story article ever in the player's tribune. And we're talking guys like Derek Jeter, yeah, Shaq. Yeah. they, they had, you know, stories in that. So for, for, a uh, you know, a, a professional hockey player that, um, you know, bounced around in the minors and all that and, and played some NHL games, pretty big, pretty big story to hit. And we struck a nerve at that point. I think we really did. And since then, it's been incredible to see the guys that have come out with their own stories. Absolutely. I can only imagine back then, um, you know, cause now how much stigmas are involved and people are just starting to get talking about it. I can't even imagine that time period, especially with maybe the education that wasn't even available yet. Yeah, there was, well, there was really not much. I mean, I remember going, there was no internet. So I remember going to bookstores looking for anything that would help me. And it was so discouraging because there was nothing. Um, and mental health was something that was kind of swept under the carpet. Uh, and the thing that bothers me the most, and this is why I go into schools and I try and talk to kids, is why wasn't I taught this stuff in high school? Why was I not taught this stuff in, in middle school? I didn't ask for obsessive compulsive disorder, but it happens and it happens to millions of people every year. Um, and it's to not give that information to our children is doing them a disservice. It really is. It's like, you know, it'd be like a kid gets a, a, a broken leg and we don't tell them how to fix it. We just let them keep going to school and, and pretend like it didn't happen. Right. You'd never do that. You'd be like, go to the doctor, get it fixed. This is what you need to do. So instead we do with our kids. We, we don't teach them about mental health. Our brains are the most complex thing. Our brains are physical. Why, why are they different from our bodies? And they're the most complex things we have. So why do we treat them differently? Like they're going to break. <laughs> they are going to break. They are the they are the biggest piece of machinery we have on our bodies. Uh, it's okay to break a leg, but hey, if your brain breaks, my goodness, don't let that happen, right? Like it's it's so silly. And there are so many things that are treatable that we just if if you knew in high school or middle school, um, you know, we could we we really we to get high, and we're we're in a much better place now. But it, we still need a lot more of this getting into our schools. You couldn't be more right. It actually came up on a prior episode where, you know, you break your arm, you break your leg. They say three-month recovery, three-week recovery, yeah. whatever. But now you come out with something like this and people turn their head. A lot of people in the professional workplace, similar to what you said, don't come out with how they're feeling because they're scared of negative repercussions, something they didn't even do. Yeah, uh, it's, not, it's not your fault. Just, just like, you know, the person that gets cancer. They didn't ask for it. They didn't want to get it. But guess what? They did. Same mm -hmm. with, same with the mental health issue. I, I know people that, you know, they, you know, I know people that are bipolar. I, they didn't sit there and, and when they were, you know, when they were 10, Hey, you know what? I'd really like to have bipolar. That'd be great. You know, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. Like we need to be able to help these people when they do get sick and there are treatments available, right? Um, there's so many things, you know, wrong with the system, but there's a lot of great things too. Um, you know, we're getting better in a place where at least people are, are coming forward. Now we need more to get them the help that they need.
I love it. We're both doing our part. And I also am very impressed how you mentioned the school system. That's something I'm very passionate about too, trying to make my difference there. But Corey, thanks for sharing all that. On each episode, I share a mental health story of someone who is famous because I want to let you, the listeners know, you are not alone. I want you to understand that even though someone looks like they are healthy from the outside, they may not be on the inside too. As I have an athlete on the show today, I will share the mental health story from an article I found on CBS describing a Miami Hurricanes football player and WWF star. He is now probably the world's biggest movie star in Dwayne Johnson. We all know who Dwayne Johnson is, but some of us don't really know his story relating to mental health. Whether you call him The Rock or Dwayne Johnson, he's been going into public speaking of late to speak on his mental health, specifically depression. I read that he has been suffering from this challenge for decades, and in this article I read, he speaks on his mother's attempted suicide from when he was 15 years old. This incident was right around the same time when Dwayne's family had recently been evicted from their apartment. He shared this quote, She got out of the car on Interstate 65 in Nashville and walked onto oncoming traffic. Big rigs and cars were swerving out of the way. I grabbed her and pulled her back on the gravel shoulder of the road. What's crazy about that suicide attempt is, to this day, she has no recollection of it whatsoever. Probably best she doesn't. I will conclude this write-up with one more quote in regard to his mental health, and I reached a point where I didn't want to do a thing or go anywhere. I was crying constantly, and I shared that quote because I know it may be relating to some of you listening on. But Corey, what'd you take away from that story or public statements relating to his mental health? It's the story that I take away from it is, is, is a, I'm so thankful that he was able to share that because there's so many people that need to hear that. And B is, is that, um, that story is so common. And so, you know, it could be anybody. It, it really, it really could be, it could be anybody. Um, and we're all, you know, we've all struggled at some point and, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're all in this together. It, mental health takes a village. It really does. It, it's not just one person. It takes a village. It takes all of us to help somebody. Um, but that story uh, is, is so powerful because A, where it comes from, uh, and there's no, there's no shame. And there should be no shame in being able to tell a story like that. We've, there are so many people that have been in that place that are at that place. Um, and they need to hear it that, you know what, that, that it's okay to not be okay that this stuff happens, um, that there's help available. Uh, and, and it sucks that it happened, but you know what? Better things can come out of it. And it's, uh, there's no shame in it. There's no shame in not being okay. Yeah, I love the way you put it too with the village because if we all do our part, we could accomplish so much. And care should be readily available, but we're getting there and we are making progress, which is nice. But it's time for the main event, Corey. On each episode, my guest and I will go over this series of six questions, which only varies slightly depending on if the guest is speaking on their own mental health or others. So you ready to go? Let's do it. Let's do it. So many would agree that the more common or talked about types of mental illnesses or mood disorders, anxiety disorders, or schizophrenia disorders, what areas did you come across the most? Uh, I come across probably depression and obsessive compulsive disorder the most. Um, you know, OCD can be kind of a bit weird at sometimes, you know, for people and, and the thoughts and, and the things, but it's very treatable um, and it, it's, uh, it's highly misunderstood. 
Yeah, can we let's talk about that for our listeners who aren't as familiar with OCD. Yeah. Well, I mean, OCD is, is a thought that you don't want to have. And the best way I always describe it is, is because we've all had those impulsive, silly thoughts. So you're driving your car down a two-lane road, car traffic coming towards you. You're going one way. And then you have that little impulsive thought of swerving your car into the other lane. And most a normal functioning brain would, would go, well, that was a silly thought. And they would go about their day. And it's a thought that all of us have had because we thoughts pop up in our heads, millions of them every day. And some are insane and some are, you know, there's, there, there's just so many, you don't, you don't really control a lot of your thoughts. So the point being is a normal brain would go, Oh, that was a silly thought. They would go home. They would, they would forget about it. They'd check their email. Someone with OCD, someone like me, I would, ruminate on that thought for hours why did i have that thought does that mean i want to hurt somebody else does that mean i want to kill myself does that mean that i i want to crash my car does that mean okay well how do i make sure that that doesn't happen well i guess i'll just never drive my car again so then you go and you avoid that situation right when they're just silly impulsive irrational thoughts that are never going to happen but a person with ocd takes them at face value um and 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 they're the People with OCD are the kindest um, people. They would never want to hurt anybody. That's, but that's what tortures them. That's what tortures them the most. So again, that's the best way that I can describe. And there's so many different facets of OCD, uh, the hand washers. And we're seeing that right now with the, with the COVID-19 going around them. I feel terrible for the, the hand washers are just, are, are, are oh, really, yeah. you know, they, cause they, their thing is they don't want to give it to somebody else. So the, the cycle continues. They wash their hands thinking that they got, you know, coronavirus on their hands. So they wash their hands and then they feel good for three minutes. And then a thought will pop in their head. Yeah. You touched that doorknob. Now you got coronavirus and then they got to go wash. Right. And the cycle just repeats and it's, it's just, it's torturous for them. It really is. And I feel for them right now. I appreciate you sharing that insight. I always try to add the value to our listeners and give them as much education as we can. But here, Corey, after hockey, when did you first decide that a career or taking a stance relating to mental health was going to be the right path for you? Yeah, it took me 20 years, right? So I didn't, uh, as a player, I was too ashamed and embarrassed and afraid of what it would do. So, I mean, everybody's like, oh, Corey, you know, I came out with my story and all that. That's, that's great. Um, and, and I, even on Bell, it's talk day, people are like, well, you know, they feel bad that they, that, that they're not coming out with their story. And I'm like, um, your story is on your time when you want to come out with it and you don't ever have to come out with it. It's okay. Uh, you don't ever have to feel comfortable, but people want to, because they know it can help other people, but you have to remember it took me 20 years from the time of diagnosis to the time my player's tribune article came out. It took me 20 years to feel comfortable telling my story. So the timeline is your own. You can, if you want to talk, talk about it, that's up to you. If you don't, that's up to you as well. And everybody's ready on their own time. And that's probably, um, you know, the, the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you coming out. Cause like you said, once people realize the service it provides to people through sharing their story, I know for me, after my traumatic brain injury, once I started speaking and giving back through that story to other traumatic brain injury survivors at first, and then to small businesses, schools, the feeling you get is just something I try to replicate because I, I love it. it. It really is. And you know what? There's healing in helping others. I've always, that's, that's the word that I, that's the way I describe it. So that's one thing. And the other is, is that it's incredibly freeing. You know, you, you, you feel like when, when you, when you walk around with a mental health issue and you're ashamed and you feel like you're being judged, um, once you come out with that story, there's they you know what? 
it's so it's like it's like the chains you know have just been unleashed because you get to a point where you don't care what anybody else thinks this is who i am uh everybody knows and secrets are toxic they they really are and we've all have secrets and we've all carried them and we all know what they do so um it's like chains just falling off of your back that's the way the best way i can describe it it's definitely a great way to describe it because I can relate to our listeners. What advice can you give to our listeners as what may be considered a potential early sign that they may be starting to develop some form of mental disparity? Well, for me, I have a therapist like a doctor. So I think every family should have a therapist. Um, I think every family should have a doctor. Sometimes I don't see my doctor for a year. Um, sometimes I don't see my therapist for a year. But you know what? When I need them, they're there. Um, you may never ever come up with a diagnosable or may most people won't have a diagnosable mental health issue, but one in five will. So guess what? When you do, if you do, or you have a problem, um, you go to the doctor, right? Well, go to the therapist. If there's something going on in your, in your, in your brain or whatever. And I go to therapy. I use therapy even not even for OCD. You know, most of my therapy now is uh, relationship, how to deal with my kids. Um, I use it like it, like I have a doctor. If I, like I said, I use it if I have a problem. I think uh, we should all have a therapist like a doctor. And then if something does go wrong, boom, I go see my therapist right away. There's no shame in having a therapist, just like you'd have a lawyer, just like you'd have a doctor, just like you'd have a, uh, you know, a physiotherapist. On, like you, just, you have all of them in line and a therapist should be part of it. Most people I know don't have a therapist. They don't, they don't, they don't have somebody that they can call. So when something does go down... Uh, we all get depressed sometimes. We do. We all deal with it. We all get depressed sometimes. Uh, I don't know when it's going to happen in your life, but there's going to be some points because we go through stuff. So guess what? If you have a therapist you can call up, awesome. All the power to you. Yeah, it's a great point. I really appreciate you how you put that where, you know, you should have a therapist like you have a lawyer. It should just be a part of your Rolodex. Yeah. Now, as far as the OCD in the beginning, were those beginning signs that you felt the same consistently throughout the whole time you experienced the OCD or did it graduate to new levels? Yeah, you know what? OCD is, uh, it, it, OCD is like a puzzle. So sometimes when you think you've got it figured out and your anxiety will lessen when you've got it figured out, but then OCD has another way of kind of coming around and backdooring you with a different thought and a different angle. So then, so it's like riding a roller coaster. It really is. Um, so you'll go through moments and times where you're okay. And it's like, yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing great. You might go through a week and then you'll get a thought that can absolutely bring you to your knees for another week. And then you're back, you know, and it's, it's that roller coaster you ride. Um, but OCD is very treatable. Uh, it's very treatable. There's a, a great, um, you know, success rate. Uh, and, you know, most people that I know, they can pinpoint the day, time, everything when their brain just kind of broke with OCD. Whereas depression can kind of sneak up on you, right? It's past based. Yeah. You can, it, there's something that may, you might have to deal with. It might take, it's like a slow burn depression a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas OCD is, it, it, it hits you. And most people I know, they know the day, the time, everything about it. And it's, uh, so they're a little bit different in that sense. Kind of paralyzes you in a way. It really does. Uh, absolutely. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then all your focus becomes on that and it's hard to focus on real life. I'm sure once this all started happening to you, you started trying to find things to improve your mental health. If you could pick three for me and I say just three because I want the three most important things our listeners can do here, Corey. What three things can you recommend for a short term or daily basis initiatives to improve that mental health? 
Yeah. Well, one is exercise. Of course. Right? Love that. Um, we can, and we can all go for, uh, you know, uh, a walk, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> yeah. it's not, you know, the one thing about the walk is, is that I have friends that hate the walk because it's like when people don't understand, um, mental health they're like well why don't you just go for a walk well no the walk is a walk is not going to cure your mental health issues right it's not but getting outside getting some fresh air getting some breathing might reduce your symptoms a little bit right so that is one the other is nutrition um and i don't you know like i, I like i like food just as much as everybody else um nutrition alcohol is not our friend with mental health issues it really isn't but i like i like the i like beers i'm not gonna lie right but i know that i'm gonna pay for it i know that i'm gonna pay for it so nutrition is another one uh and you know what the other one the last one is is i have a support group of two or three people that if i withdraw from them they know something's up like they they'll know that okay something's going on with Corey. i need to check in on right so so i almost have a little support system in place I really um, like that. I like yeah. how you're putting that. I mean, I think that's so essential having a great group of people around you to lean on and for them to lean on you. I mean, yeah. And if I haven't, they haven't heard from me or I haven't heard from them. I'm like, Hey, what, you know what? I haven't heard from, from so-and-so, uh, in, in about a week, I better check in. Right. So that's kind of, we, we do that for each other. I think I, that's important. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because everybody listening on, I think this is a, those are, that's a, those are some great strategies that you can do literally right now, but let's look into the future too here. A little longer term commitment for everybody to make listening on. What two recommendations do you have that maybe work for you? Long-term? Yeah. Uh, long-term things for me that, that, that are important for me. And this is, um, you know, and this, this can be diagnosable mental health, but for me, uh, the medication stigma and medication, uh, needs to end. Uh, medication saved my life. It really did. I would not be here if not for medication. Right now, I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty much medication free, but I know it's there if I need it, and I'm not afraid to take it. Um, but you know, so many people are. Uh, we've we've put a stigma on medication, like you know, like you're that makes you more crazy if you if you take medication for mental health, which is you know, you take medication for diabetes, you take medication for heart disease, you take medication for cancer, but all of a sudden for your brain, you can't you get judged for it. You kidding me? Right. So, uh, you know, long-term, if you need medication, it's okay to use it. Uh, therapy, like I said, everybody should have a therapist, you know, on a Rolodex, uh, long-term that that's uh, an important thing. And, you know, lastly for me, again, it boils down to taking care of me. Uh, you know, having a routine, having a, uh, a good diet, um, you know, connecting with others, staying on top of stuff. Um, that, those are probably the three things long-term that, that I need to, and am I perfect at them? No, God, no. But I, but I know that that's what I need to do to, to try and stay healthy mentally. Yeah. Cause every day is a new battle sometimes and just staying consistent yeah. can carry you over so far. And that's what I want to stress to people, just consistency with your efforts. They will pay off. Yeah, no question. And, and it does. And, um, uh, and I know that when I start to struggle, I know what I need to do. It's because usually I haven't been following those things, right? I get away from them. I get away from taking care of myself. Um, and then I need to know it's like, okay, I got to start. I got to, I got to, I got to lay off the beers a little bit. I got to start eating a little bit better, right? right? Like those, are, I know, I know what I need to do to get back into, uh, back into the game. 
I love it. So yeah, Corey, you do a lot of great stuff professionally with mental health. I want to see what other ways you want to raise awareness for the importance of mental health in the future. Maybe touch on what you're doing now to introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, right now, I mean, I, I, I go into schools, I talk to kids. It is so difficult, though, to get into schools. It, it really is. Parents yeah. are terrified of somebody like, like you know, uh, talking, like the big myth out there is, is talking about suicide creates more suicide. Guess what? You know what? it does not. We know that it does not. And you actually might save a life letting somebody know that it's okay to talk about it. Um, uh, so I, I, I go into the schools. I talk about mental health. I talk about suicide prevention. Um, I do that. I go into corporations, uh, workers, the workplace is a, a, a major place for mental health. Um, and those are, those are probably my two biggest things. But lastly, uh, you know, I, uh, my love and passion, uh, not mental health wise, is, is I broadcast for the Vancouver Canucks uh, uh, on the radio and, and hockey definitely is still a passion of mine. So I love it. Do you still play at all? I play forward now. So I used to be a goalie, right? But uh, if I play, I'll play forward because like it's pick way up, more yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, we just, it's pick up. I play with the alumni. I'm a goal scorer. I don't come back in my own end. I don't play any defense. <laughs> you don't have to uh, crouch down anymore. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, I am good. You need to give your knees a rest after the, all the years. <laughs> exactly. I love it. It's, uh, that's, my, that's my form of exercise. That's my, uh, and I'm sure that pays dividends for your mental health as well. Absolutely. That uh, golf. I like to, if you know, a golf for me is a big, uh, for my mental health. Cause I get out there, uh, it's me and nature. Um, I don't get too stressed out about where the ball goes. I'm not playing on Sunday for millions of dollars. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's four hours of just me and being able to just chill out and enjoy myself. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Corey, for coming on. I know our listeners are going to see all the value in your episode today. I really, really loved how you put it out there. Like, you should have a therapist, like you have a lawyer, a doctor. You, it should be part of your norm. And then you went on to even relate to everybody saying, you take medicine for cancer, you take medicine for diabetes. Why is it looked down upon that you're taking a medication for mental health? So thank you for relating to our audience in that way. But it's time for the last word. And I do this on my other podcast called What It's Really Like to Be an Entrepreneur because I want our listeners to really get to know my guests. Is there something you want to share with everybody listening on that we didn't get to touch on yet today? I think we've been pretty good just yeah, uh, with this whole coronavirus thing. Just make sure that you, uh, uh, for me, the biggest thing is, is that we can get stuck to the news and there is nothing positive on the news. So try and find something positive in your day. You know, it's okay to keep up with what's going on, but you know what? Turn the TV off. If you can get outside, get outside, right? We're all in this together. We're all fighting this together. Find something positive in your day if you can. Corey, would you mind please sharing your professional social media, that website, or ways for our listeners to follow your endeavors, request your services? Yeah, CoreyHirsch.com is my website. Uh, at CoreyHirsch is my Twitter handle. Uh, at CoreyHirsch72 is my Instagram, and my last name is spelled H-I-R-S-C-H. Corey, my first name, C-O-R-E-Y. So uh, you can follow me on all of those, uh, those social media sites if you, if you dare to do so. <laughs> be sure to check out his social media and website for all that great value and be sure to check out the show on whatever social media you use we're on linkedin at what it's really like to be an entrepreneur and we're over on facebook and instagram at your favorite morning podcast twitter is podcast by lancy so you get both my shows and of course my handles on all social media and youtube are at vincent a lancy be sure to check out my books left for dead a story of redemption and how to transform your mindset when the norm is changed. 
both on Amazon or my website, vincentalancy.com. But when you read, DM me or email me because I want to hear what you think. If you like today's episode, please continue listening and rate a mental health break with Vincent A. Lancy five stars. I work hard to find value delivering guests for you on each episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all on the next episode of A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancey.